everything old is new again. America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Her five-year mission? To explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Welcome to Everything Old is New Again. This is Douglas Viviani with the ever-logical David Cohen. David, are you around? I am here. I am talking to you remotely. Can you hear me, Doug? I can hear you. You're in, I know you're orbiting the Earth at present, so that's why you couldn't be in the studio, uh, but you're still out of this world. Let's put it that way. Thanks. And just so you know, Doug, your voice over the phone sounds sexier than it does in person. That's how I got my first date, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> this year we've seen the release of Star Trek Beyond, the third in the series of the reboot of the Star Trek movie franchise, and the 13th movie altogether. And in January 2017, Star Trek Discovery on CBS All Access will be released I mean, uh, it's unreal. You can go to Netflix and pull up any of the 738 episodes of the past Star Trek series, the original series, The Next Generation, The Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise, Star Trek, the animated series. It's the 50th anniversary of Star Trek, but why, 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 again, why are we still involved with or care about Star Trek? David? Well, we're going to explore that with Star Trek aficionado, part of the Rogues Gallery, and I'll call on my co-host, or the in-studio co-host today, Richard Richter. Uh, we've known him previously from our three-part series on the Star Trek convention, if you remember that, the Vegas convention, and we've also had a debate, Star Wars versus Star Trek, I should say, with Star Trek convention, right? That's and right. Uh, so, Dr. Richter, a welcome aboard. Well, thank you very much, Douglas, for having me back again. You know, I'm a big fan of the show and of you, of course, and we go back a long way doing this. Well, now, which show, Star Trek or Everything Old is New Again? Which are you a fan of? Ah, you got me on that, buddy. <laughs> Let's listen to Christopher Pike and see what uh, if there's an answer to why we're interested in this show at all. You know, the, the original series was founded. Gene Roddenberry created this series, had this very utopian vision of humanity, of people working together. So, long story to say, 50 years later, we're looking, I think, beyond to the possibility of us hopefully not decimating one another and wiping each other off the face of the planet, but holding on to this very primal, deep need and deep desire, I think, to work together and to find strength and unity. Mr. Cohen, do you feel that that is in any way relevant uh, to the question at hand? Oh, absolutely, yes. <laughs> you weren't listening at all. <laughs> what were you doing, making a right on red? I, I was. I had to make a left turn and someone was coming the other. I got a little distracted. <laughs> okay. Dr. Richter, do you feel that was relevant? Yes, I think it's very relevant. Um, it's you know true to the tradition of Star Trek. And I disagree with you, because the company line is disturbing to me right now. Now we're hearing from this Brian Fuller, who is the, the one that's behind Star Trek, uh, you know, the, the Discovery, the new show. And everything is about Star Trek gave us hope for the future that we're all going to work together. Period. That is not it. That is the foundation of Star Trek. That's not the 
basis of every story in Star Trek. To me, the basis is meeting other civilizations and giving a sociological review, if you will, of how they're living versus how we're living and making social commentary on what we can do to improve ourselves. It's not, oh, we're all diverse, we're all in the Starship Enterprise, and let's all go you know, to a square dance. It's not what it's all about. Richard? You know, David, I think he set me up on that one, to tell you the truth. But, um, you he know, did, far, man. He really did. He did. I stepped right into that one. Far be it from me to ever debate you, Douglas. So That's a smart move. And, and let's take a look at – let's uh, to support my point, let's look at Isaac Asimov in the first 1973 convention that I believe Dr. Richter and I went to at the Penta Hotel in New York City and to see what he has to say about <laughs> – <laughs> why this is an important aspect of Star Trek and what's it all about. They speak about the mission of the Enterprise being to boldly go where no man has ever gone before, going through vast distances no man has ever penetrated. But in addition, they're meeting problems that man has not faced. Star Trek really presented was the Brotherhood of Intelligence. There you go. Brotherhood of Intelligence. Speaking of which... Uh I don't know, David Cohen, do you relate to being uh, in some way part of the everything old is new again, brotherhood of intelligence? Uh, well, I think uh, that is a fictitious organization. <laughs> but uh, if, if it existed, I'd like to think I'd be part of it. And, and do you hey, agree? Don, yeah. I, I have to tell you, I, I agree with your assessment here. Believe it or not, I'm in agreement with you on this one. Ah, thank you. I appreciate that. Let's just drive the nail through the coffin of the hope is all the show is about. It certainly is part of the show, but it's not all the show is about. And Leonard Nimoy, again, I remember being there with a little reel-to-reel uh, cassette, I should say, recorder with Dr. Richter listening to Leonard Nimoy say this. We all support the concept that it could be something fresh, it could be something special, it could be something different. It could be done meaningfully. It could be done in a way which would be entertaining to those who are looking for entertainment. It could be provocative for those who are willing to accept the provocative concepts that it presented. And in a way that would be uplifting for those who were available to that element. Sounds like he's in the car next to you, David. I don't know. Uh... You know, can I just ask a question here? So let me just set the scenario so I understand what happened. You guys went to a Star Trek convention a long time ago, and you brought a cassette tape recorder with a handheld mic so you could capture what what Leonard what um, what Doctor McCoy was saying. No, what Leonard Nimoy was saying, what Isaac Asimov was saying. Okay, but you were there with your little tape recorder. Were you like twelve years old or something? Let's see. I was. Uh, oh my goodness, I was eleven years old. Eleven years old. With my brother, and who was thirteen, he was supervising the two, of the three of us all together. Yeah, we needed someone older to watch over us. Wow. Okay. And you recorded this? Why? Because I knew at some point in time, forty years later, plus <laughs> there would be a need for, you know, on the, the the vein of everything old is new again, a need to revisit this topic. I was I was ahead of my time. What can I tell you? Uh, just, just a, I love the geekiness of it. I hear these stories. It's amazing. It's <laughs> so funny. Now, Richard, do you remember that convention? I do, Douglas, yes, and uh, I remember that recorder. I probably just had popcorn <laughs> and, like, a, you know, a Nestle's Crunch Bar, but... You're ahead of your time. <laughs> you can hear that echo. It's like the echo that we can hear from David in his car right now. See, everything old is new again. Nimoy's got an echo. Asimov's got an echo of 73. And David Cohen now in the uh, Long Island Expressway has got an echo in the, uh, in the Subaru. <laughs> 
Uh, but I mean, let's let's dive into it for a second for the next minute and a half, two minutes. Richard, tell me why you care about Star Trek fifty years later. You know, Douglas. One, it's a history that, as you said, we go back a long way with it. So I've got that that affinity um, just for you know old time's sake, and it's a phenomena I think that's captured the attention of most people that are interested in science fiction, the future. A better future, even though that wasn't what Star Trek was founded on. I do think it's gravitated towards that. And, um, yeah, it's, what more can I say? Well, uh, I hope you have more to say because we're going to have you on this show for the remainder of the show and, and next show. So <laughs> We're going to keep our fingers crossed that you can say more than that. But that, that is sufficient. But um, that lends me – that answer sort of is more of a reminiscence or a nostalgic answer. What about the present or the future? Are you hopeful for this new show or what in, in 30 seconds? You know, yes, I am. I'm very hopeful for it. Uh, you know, I did a little research. Brian Fuller um, was, was inspired by one of the um, original episodes, which was um, Balance of Terror. And um, we'll see where he goes. With All right. That. Well, there we go. Balance of Terror was a submarine attack. Run silent, run, run deep. If you have ever seen that show, uh, a movie uh, on in, in, the, in the show. Mm-hmm. So where does he come from? That to give a description that we'll hear in a few minutes about all this open and so forth. We'll be back and everything old is new again with David Cohen circling and orbiting the Earth. Come on back. Everything old is new again. If you're looking for us on the internet, biz biz. Now, that's the discovery theme. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Uh, it, it, at least it's presented and released on the Internet at present. Uh, I, have you seen the new ship? Do, uh, Dr. Richter, have you seen the new ship first? Well, I've only seen what you've seen, Douglas, at Mission New York. What, what's Mission New York? Uh, the Star Trek convention at the, the Javits Center that we recently attended. Yes. Uh, did, did you bring your, did you- I didn't have to because I have uh, a telephone now that works as a tricorder, and I pressed the button. I was able to videotape whatever I wanted, and I did videotape, and we'll hear that in our second show, believe it or not. Oh, wow. (laughs) Don't sound so excited about that. Oh, man. <laughs> it's it's all here for a reason. We're here for a reason. Everything old is new again. Is is uh, I guess you could say we're we're really groundbreaking to have someone that's orbiting the Earth talk to us and be able to talk to us so concisely and so. I mean, there's no delay. There's no one second delay or anything, right? Yeah, and, 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 and the Earth just looks beautiful from up here, by the way, Doug. All That's right. Amazing. That's good to hear. Uh, how about the traffic on the Long Island Expressway from up there? It's not like he's in a helicopter. We'll be back on Everything Old is New Again. You're listening to Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Well, Discovery is so intrinsic as a concept to the philosophy of Star Trek. What what Star Trek has provided for me is an inspiration and has given so much hope for a better world. And we need curiosity and we need exploration and we need to find better versions of ourselves and we need to discover better versions. 
Better, I don't know what happened there. Better versions of ourselves he's seeing. And uh, I can relate to that, uh, you know, that aspect of, of Star Trek. And welcome back to Everything Old is New Again. He's talking about the brand new series Discovery, why they use the name Discovery. I'm here with, uh, uh, of course, Dr. Richard Richter, who is uh, our uh, Star Trek aficionado. And we have also David Cohen orbiting the Earth in the old uh, uh, John Glenn capsule. Listen to, to hear how he sounds in. David, can you hear us? I can hear you fine, yeah. Right, how about that? So he's we're going with no uh, man has gone before. No one on the radio has ever been orbiting the Earth before. So we're, we're happy about that. But we also want to dive into the implication, the philosophical discussion that are the foundation of the strength of Star Trek, which is implied by Brian Fuller there. But, I mean, this is not about phases and photon torpedoes, correct, David? Oh. Yes, no? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Richter, why, why, what, you know, like you see all these movies and they're all, everything's about the photon torpedoes and, uh, and shoot them ups and so forth. Is that where Star Trek is for you? It's not where it is for me, Douglas, but it is where many of the movies, again, have gravitated towards. And I think that Brian Fuller wants to see us go back to uh, what was originally um, entertaining and intriguing, that human element. Um, you know, all the little small side plots that were, you know, developing in that Balance of Terror episode, for example. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, I got to say, I'm back on Rich's side. I, I agree with, with Rich. I don't, Doug, I, I, I don't buy your argument anymore. David, Sorry. let me savor this moment just for a second, please. All right. So <laughs> uh, I will change the subject slightly because I want to talk about um, solving what is the meaning of life. A very simple question uh, <laughs> that Star Trek does attack. And I think it's great that this show will not hide from some big issues. Let's listen to Data and see what he has to say about that. Doctor, what is the definition of life? I'm curious as to what transpired between the moment when I was nothing more than an assemblage of parts in Dr. Sung's laboratory, and the next moment, when I became alive. What is it that endowed me with life? Scientists and philosophers have been grappling with that question for centuries without coming to any conclusion. I think I'm saying that we struggle all our lives to answer it, that it's the struggle that is important. That's what helps us to define our place in the universe. Yes, no, or maybe. David, what do you think? I think it's, uh, it's a cop-out. I don't like that answer. I agree. D Dr. Richter. Well, it's a heck of a big question, so we can go in a lot of different directions with it. I don't think it was... Um misleading or inaccurate what was said just then, but there's more to it. I, I think it was too subjective. She's basically saying the meaning of life is whatever you're doing that makes you who you are, that gives the meaning to life. And, and that does make sense, but it's very generic. It's yeah. too uh, secular. I don't think that, that there's enough there to really dig your teeth into because there's more to life than that, if Agreed. that makes sense. Uh, and I think you can, might be able to find what the meaning of life is from finding a discussion or trying to resolve the discussion of what happens uh, when one dies or what is death and John Lou Picard deals with deals what with that is death some see it as a changing into an indestructible form they believe that the purpose of the entire universe is to then maintain that form in an earth-like garden which will give delight and pleasure through all eternity on the other hand, there are those who hold to the idea of our blinking into nothingness. Which do you believe, sir? Considering the marvelous complexity of the universe, it's, I believe our existence 
must be more than either of these philosophies. That what we are goes beyond Euclidean or other practical measuring systems, and that our existence is part of a reality beyond what we understand now as reality. Dr. Richter. I couldn't agree more. I l- well said. Uh, uh, David Cohn. You know, just because you say it with a British accent doesn't mean it's right. I, I just, uh, I don't know. I think it's, it's the other side of the spectrum. It's not specific enough for me. Okay, and uh, it's, he's basically saying uh, what happens when you die, we can't understand because we don't have the yeah. facilities to do so. Yeah. So, therefore, yeah. I, mean, I, I think that that... that could be true, but I don't think that's the period on the sentence. Just because you don't understand something doesn't mean you shouldn't explore it further to find out within your own terms, within the knowledge of all of humanity, let's say, um, you know, what it's all about. You don't stop the search just because someone says, well, you're not going to understand that. Like, well, you know, to me, there's got to be a little something more definitive, right? Because the first response was, well, it's about the journey. And the second response is, well, it's about something we, 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 we can't comprehend right now. I'm the kind of guy, I just need something a little more concrete. That's all. Right. Um, I, I won't ask you for your interpretation of what the meaning of life is because you're orbiting the Earth in the old John Glenn uh, uh, capsule at present, so you are occupied with other things. But I think what we can gather from this is that Star Trek, especially the original show too, but especially The Next Generation, is not afraid to explore the biggest questions around, uh, Dr. Richard? Absolutely. That's one of the uh, the wonders uh, of Star Trek and what appeals to so many people. It explores uh, many different avenues and questions about life. I mean, think of a family watching that show in the 90s when it was on, um, and maybe you, you, you did this, uh, Richard, I don't know, and turned the TV off and had a discussion prompted by this, not to be pie in the sky, but, you know, there may have been a couple of sentences said, what do you think of that episode? Do you think that answers... Sufficient or not? And uh, you tell me, did that happen? It, it did on occasion, Douglas. But most of the time, those discussions were with you. <laughs> <laughs> How fortunate I was to have them with you. Uh, along those lines, uh, you know, there was a moment in the Wrath of Khan where Captain Kirk and his son had a discussion, sort of along these lines as well. And maybe this is the most uh, poignant, and again, it doesn't answer, I don't think, the question, but it presents an an avenue as to how to go about trying to solve this question. You never have faced death. I haven't faced death. I've cheated death. I've tricked my way out of death and patted myself on the back for my ingenuity. I know nothing. You knew enough to tell Savick that how he faced death is at least as important as how he faced life. Just words. But good words. That's where ideas begin. Maybe you should listen to them. So what, what, what is he saying there? What, to you, Richard? I mean, what, what does it really mean, you know, how you deal with death is how, as important as how you deal with life? Well, that was such a powerful scene that you just put on, uh, Douglas. And, you know, uh, it's important. It's basically character and actions. It's not just about how you face death or life. It's, it's our everyday living. Our actions define our character. Okay, and, and you do you learn about um, you know what life is just by doing. I, I I analogy to me. I analogy to remember back in the day when you were in high school, let's say or junior high, and you knew a particular subject or you thought you did, and you were sort of teaching a friend of yours that subject, and as you're discussing it, it actually 
becomes more crystallized in your mind or you're learning it even more or better than you thought you did because you are discussing it. That's what, you know, words were coming out and giving, you were giving the idea that you had in your mind expression in words to have another person understand it and therefore it made it more significant to you and you learned a little bit even from your own grasping of how to define that. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, that makes sense, Douglas. Absolutely. Also, you have to experience certain things in order to understand them. Okay. And uh, as Spock said in Star Trek Three, you know, you need to die in order to have that relevant conversation about it. <laughs> you go back to Picard saying you don't understand it because we can't really use the right words because we don't have a reference point. Interesting. We'll be back on Everything Old is New again to continue our discussion of life and death and uh, how Star Trek deals with things. And this is certainly the Discover trailer theme uh, for the new show coming up. Everything Old is New again. If you're looking for us, everythingoldisnewagain.biz if you want to hear an old show. I'm back. Now, back to America's entertainment pop culture talk show. Everything old is new again with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. You really want to head back out there? Can you imagine what we'll find? Alien despots hell-bent on killing us. Deadly space viruses anomalies. It could wipe us out in an instant. There you go. Welcome to Everything Old is New Again. I'm here with Dr. Richard Richter, the Star Trek aficionado, as well as David Cohen orbiting the Earth in the John Glenn capsule for the purposes of this show. Uh, we have um, there a clip from the newest show, or I should say the newest movie, uh, be the Beyond, Star Trek Beyond trailer. And we're continuing and having a discussion of the meaning of uh, you know life through the eyes of Star Trek. And, uh, Doctor, you finished the last section where you were talking about Star Star Trek 3 and the discussion between Kirk and, I mean, Spock and McCoy, you wanted to describe that a little bit more. You know, I'm sure all the Star Trek fans out there understood the reference, but, you know, in Star Trek 3, the um, the search for Spock, of course, Dr. McCoy asked Spock, you know, tell me about your experience with death, and Spock refuses, saying basically, you have to die in order for us to have a conversation about it. Right. As I said, closing the last section to the audience uh, and to you and to young David Cohen, that they didn't have any reference point. They didn't have the words to describe it because you haven't been unless you've been there. So uh, I thought that described it perfectly, but I guess not. But (laughs) David, why are you young and I'm not? Is he there? I don't know. I don't know. That's good question. You don't have to ask Doug that. Listen, all I want to tell you is this. I'm excited. Forget this show right now. I want to talk about W-I-N-T-A-M, 1330 AM and 10, I'm sorry, 101.5 FM. It's uh, Integrity Radio. We have joined that station on Sunday nights at 6 o'clock. They're one of our new affiliates in Lake County, and of course, the limited area of Greater Cleveland as well, uh, Ohio. We're excited uh, to be there. I mean, you've got, uh, I don't know, 230,000 people in Lake County, Ohio, Cleveland. You've got yourself the Cleveland Indians, who last won the World Series in 1948, but possibly this year. Uh, you also know that in Cleveland, listen, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, did you know that it was filmed in Cleveland? David, did you know that? I did not know that. Did you know that the creators of Superman, Schuster and Siegel, they call Cleveland or called Cleveland their home? Yes, I, I actually did know that. Well, we uh, are so excited to be there. Uh, that's, again, WINT-AM, 1330-AM, Integrity Radio in Lake County and a uh, portion of, of Greater Cleveland. We're so excited uh, to say that uh, Sundays at 6 is the time to tune in. Everything old is new again. Now, 
I want to get into a little time travel and see how that can help us answer the question of life struggles uh, right Spark, here. I believe I'm in love with Edith Keeler. Jim, Edith Keeler must die. No, Jim! Deliberately stop me, Jim. I could have saved her. Do you know what you just did? He knows, Doctor. He knows. There you go. Uh, <laughs> destiny, uh, a question of destiny when they go back to time travel. Should Captain Kirk have saved the love of his life or not? Dr. Richter, I mean, what, what happens when you go back in time and change events or try to change events that actually have already happened? Well, that's the question, Douglas. And, you know, those of us who are a little bit um, of a time travel buff understand the concept of the butterfly effect. And changing one event can change the entire course of history, which was what that episode was all about. Right. Um, I do want to explore that a little bit, but I do want to first take a look at Tapestry, which was another episode in The Next Generation where uh, Captain Picard apparently passes away and then has the opportunity to change his life and do something, again, sort of a time travel, go back in time and change something, a fight that he had with a Norsican or an alien that caused him to have a physical problem that later on in life causes him to apparently die. And the question is, should you have not had that fight what would have happened? Let's just listen to a, cl a little clip here. To get the Jean-Luc Picard you wanted to be, the one who did not fight the Nausicaan, had quite a different career from the one you remember. That Picard never had a brush with death, never came face to face with his own mortality, never realized how fragile life is or how important each moment must be. So his life never came into focus. He drifted through much of his career with no plan or agenda, never seizing the opportunities that presented themselves. He learned to play it safe, and he never, ever got noticed by anyone. Now, just by hearing that, David, does that, I mean, I know you're, you're, you've got other things on your mind circling the earth, but, you know, does, does that resonate in any way? Can you conceptualize what they're talking about there? Oh, yeah, they're talking about me, yeah. <laughs> uh, in I, what I way? Totally, I totally get that. In what yeah, way? just a guy who... Something completely insignificant. Yeah, that's me. Oh, so you're the one that didn't take any chances. I, I I disagree with that, but you'll say that you didn't take any chances whatsoever, and you're the the regular Joe. Yes. So, is there another version I, of you in another timeline that would have taken what chance? What chance would would you have taken that you didn't take right now? Um, I don't know. You know, my issue is is trying to figure out what that chance is. How about that? Well, that's a good point, Richard. I mean, how do you know what's a turning point in your life and what's not? I mean, that was simply a bar fight, basically, right? Uh, absolutely. You know, I mean, it's it's very thought-provoking, the episode. It makes us wonder, you know, what if. Um, but ultimately, I think the old adage, the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. So, uh, but, but how do you know when there's a change? Like, seriously, as a dad... Uh, you know, have you ever present that to your children or in some way, what is a life-changing event? There are certain gigantic things that happen, but sometimes they're just little decisions that you make to wear a seatbelt even or not, whatever, um, that could change the turn of events. So what do you think? I mean, do you present that in any way to your kids? Well, uh, you know, the only thing I can present to my kids is uh, don't be afraid to experience life as long as, you know, you're not violating your ethics, you're not being reckless, and you're not endangering other people. And I try and teach them, think three steps ahead. All right, let's see what Q has to say explaining life as well. For that one fraction of a second, you were open to options you had never considered. 
That is the exploration that awaits you. Not mapping stars and studying nebula, but charting the unknown possibilities of existence. Is that sort of what you're saying, Richard? I mean, uh, you get what I mean. These are just small little clips that are hard to grasp onto. But I'm just trying to throw things at you here. I, I don't think that's quite what I was saying, Douglas. No, but um, but it was nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it is in some way because the idea is uh, it's almost a dovetails off of the last uh, discussion about uh, Picard and the fight. Um, he's basically saying, listen, we're not here to do the mundane. We're not here to do you know the same old thing all the time. Uh, as you get older, maybe your chances uh, of doing something extraordinary may be limited or you're not opening your or you're closing your eyes and you're not opening your eyes to the limitless possibilities that are around you, even when you're 95 years old or at any time frame. The idea is you can go down an easy road and just go down that easy path or will you take chances or just dive into things that you maybe not wouldn't have done if you didn't have this attitude like, all right, what the heck, I'll give it a try. I'll try soccer, whatever. It's a very deep episode. It makes perfect sense what you said. I agree with it. Um, You know, we we can't be afraid to experience life. But, you know, we do have to learn where to draw the line. Obviously, Picard had regrets in that episode, and he learned that, you know, this is the path that it led him down. True, but also Spock's got a little smidge of of advice along those lines as well. Stan, she is yours. After a time, you may find that having is not so pleasing a thing after all as wanting. It is not logical, but it is often true. Right, so we could talk about that. You're saying the grass is always green. I mean, what, you know, that, there's, there it is right there. Yeah, uh, Douglas, you know that you just pulled one of my favorite quotes from Star Trek. And there's another one real quick. Let's just uh, hear about this absolute power. It also power. proves another thing. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Darn clever, these Earthmen, when you say? Yes. Earthmen like Ramses, Alexander, Caesar, Napoleon, Hitler, Lee Kwan. Your whole Earth history is made up of men seeking absolute power. The reason why I play that, and especially those two, and we'll go out in a few seconds here, is that Star Trek does have more basic concepts that they throw at you, some armchair philosophy. That is the most important aspect of this show, not the fact that we've got uh, people hoping for a better future on the bridge. Come on, let's go. I hope the new show brings out these concepts. We'll be back on Everything Old is New Again when we listen to the uh, classic ending of Star Trek. We'll be right back on Everything Old is New Again. Go for it. Now, David Cohen out there in space, how does the Earth look from from your position, your vantage point? Can you see uh, humanity as, as one unit, or do you see uh, the Earth as uh, I don't know as a as a ball in space that that I mean that just is meaningless? I mean, if you're an alien from where you are, let's put it that way. What is your perspective? Wow, these are deep questions, man. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, okay. So- so I'm an alien, and I'm looking at Earth, and I'm trying to figure out whether it's meaningless or not. Let's put it this way. Is it a worthwhile place to visit from your vantage point circling the Earth? Well, you know, Disneyland certainly is, but I'm not sure about the entire world. Let me ask you a question. Uh, what is the only man-made object that you can see while orbiting Earth? You're probably coming up on it very soon. Uh, the Great Wall of China? There you go. Very good. Very good. Dr. Rick, any... The Luxor Hotel in Las Vegas, that, that bright light. No, you can't. I can, I'm looking at it right now. Oh, you can see that light? Uh, it's nighttime in Vegas? Yes. And that, that blue searchlight is just shining up through the heavens. 
Yes, I can see it. Nice. All right. Well, you remind me of the reluctant astronaut, Don Knotts, if you've ever seen that movie at this point. We'll be back on Everything Old is New Again. How that for a, a reference? This is Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Her ongoing mission, to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life forms and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Welcome back to Everything Old is New Again. That is Leonard Nimoy. Uh, that was an amazing uh, opportunity that we had to see him in the new uh, series, the reboot of, I mean, it was almost divine. I mean, the guy, you know, the intervention right before it passes away, does these, uh, basically the two movies, and uh, and really added an element to hand off the, from the original show 50 years ago to the new franchise now. Uh, I'm here with Dr. Richard Richter, our Star Trek aficionado, and David Cohen is uh, out and about, uh, and we've got him on board with our technology these days. We can listen to him as he, uh, I don't know why, when did you take off in that, that capsule that John Glenn uh, original capsule. From what I understand, you you were like in, in the museum, and and this thing just takes off. I mean, what happened? Yeah, it was you know it was five dollars to go in this you know three D sort of you know simulator thing, and uh, before I knew it, I'm I'm up here, Doug, looking down on the earth. All right. Well, if anyone's seen the Reluctant Astronaut, and if you haven't, go to YouTube and look it up. You would you can identify uh, David Cohen right there in space by mistake orbiting the Earth. But he's still with us on everything old is new again. How about that for technology? I don't know. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> that uh, discussion that Lenny Nimoy threw at us there, they're talking about the final frontier, is not the only thing that his character adds to the mix. He adds a discussion of emotions versus logic. I think it's an eternal struggle that, again, is some of the cornerstone of Star Trek. Let's just listen to what he has to say about that, and I will inquire of our aficionado if he agrees with this. Your friend Spock is a logical man, a very logical man. I find your arguments strewn with gaping defects in logic. Spock, you do not think like the others. There are no colors to your patterns of logic. There's only black and white. Mr. Spock, you have a remarkably logical and analytical mind. Thank you. Now, uh, Richard, why, I mean, all of a sudden in the 1960s, this character comes along and discusses logic. First of all, did you ever take a course in logic in school? Uh, I did, but um, Star Trek is the, what inspired me to do it in college. Right, and, and you know, growing up, do we even know what logic was until we saw this character? No, really, we didn't. He, Spock is what brought the whole concept, I think, into popularity amongst sci-fi buffs. Now, anyway. but the thought is... I don't know. I think Batman did a pretty good job of that, too. <laughs> the logic of... In what way? Uh, Adam West. I think he was very logical. Holy. I kind of followed along with everything he was talking about. Well, he understood how banking works. He he accepted the check from the uh, ABC every week, and he cashed it, so that was quite logical, I'm sure. But other <laughs> than that, I don't... Uh, let's take a look, though, a little more into the Spock character and how uh, emotions were certainly a part although it wasn't really supposed to be in theory, but became a part of this character and the struggle, the eternal struggle of emotions versus logic, um, it was explained nicely in the motion picture. Vidra has knowledge that spans this universe. And yet, 
with all its pure logic. Major is barren, cold, no mystery, no beauty. This simple feeling is beyond Vidra's comprehension. No meaning, no answers. It's asking questions. What questions? Is this all that I am? Is there nothing more? Now, I know the movie was horrible, especially because the middle was just belabored the point of going through this space cloud for like 45 minutes and looking at the screen. But if that was just, my preposition is, if that was just an hour episode, it would have been tremendous because you would have taken all that out and you would have had that discussion that Spock just had with Kirk and I think it would have had a lot more meaning and import. Dr. Richter. Absolutely, Douglas. First of all, the movie, uh, you're correct, was probably my least favorite. Um, However, it was very endearing. It reunited the cast and I love the whole concept of total logic Colinar and how Spock discovered there's more to life than logic. And uh, and as presented in science fiction with this this cloud this this uh, you know I this what would you say alien that's coming that knows all there is to know in the world. Think about it. Knowing all there is to know in the world and still searching for something else. You know, it kind of uh, it's an interesting concept. I remember seeing that movie with you in 19 what was it 76? Yes, I we remember. stood online around the building at Hicksville. At the Hicksville movie theater. <laughs> Dr. Richter, unbelievable. Uh, uh, David Cohen, do you remember watching that movie? No. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear what Spock and Data later on in another incarnation you had to t- talk about. Half human, yet you have chosen a Vulcan way of life. You have abandoned what I have sought all my life. Ambassador Spock, as you examine your life, do you find you have missed your humanity? I have no regrets. That is a human expression. Yeah, fascinating. Uh, Great writing, huh? What does that mean for you? Fantastic. I mean, he's answering a question, a logical question emotionally, and he just says, yeah. I did, I did answer that emotionally because there is a time and place for emotions. But unlike uh, Dr. McCoy, uh, you, know, there's a, you know, sometimes you've got to keep it in check. And I don't know, that fellow orbiting the earth, uh, uh, David Cohen, are, are you, um, do you ever have that struggle in your, in your life of emotions versus logic? Or is this something that's just not resonating? No, it definitely resonates. I, I constantly have that, that struggle because, you know, in – in uh, the business world or in the medical profession or whatever profession you're in, I mean, there's a certain protocol you have to follow, and even though you might be feeling emotional about something, you have to keep that in check. So it's always a struggle of, you know, when you release, when are you able to release that emotion? You have to defer it and, and do it at the gym or, or yell at your wife. Yes, you know, something <laughs> constructive like that. It's a, a rather coherent and, uh, answer that I rather did not expect. From David Cohen. How about that? A look into the psyche of uh, that gentleman. I enjoyed that. Well, yeah, I, I, I kind of splashed some water on my face. I'm with you now, so let's go, baby. <laughs> well, let's look at classic literature. I mean, Sherlock Holmes is represented in, in Star Trek. That's, you know, this classic literature has a place uh, as well as they represent it. Let's, let's listen to a smidge of that. An ancestor of mine maintained that if you eliminate the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. And that's from Sherlock Holmes. Right, Dr. Richter, I mean, uh, I that, love that. did you recognize that as a quote, though, from Sherlock Holmes as you watched the show? Douglas, I movie. read all the original Sherlock Holmes novels as a kid. That was one of my favorite scenes in that movie. And did, I don't know, David, did you did you know it came from, uh, you know, came from Sherlock Holmes before we've pointed this out? Many, many no, people it, did yeah, not. It, no, because, you know, I'm such an idiot. 
I read Sherlock Holmes later and said, hey, they lifted that from Star Trek, man. What's going on here? I have to be honest with you. I did not know it came from Star Trek. I came from Sherlock Holmes at all. And uh, the fact that it did inspired me to go back and take a look at some more uh, uh, episodes or books of, of that nature. That surprises me, Douglas. Yeah. You read everything. I did. I, yeah, I just didn't remember it. I did remember this quote from the Wrath of Khan. It's a far, far better thing I do than I have ever done before. Far better resting place I go to than I've ever known. Is that a poem? Mm. Something Spark was trying to tell me. My birthday. All right, we're short on time. I want to go one more. There's also Moby Dick references uh, that I love from Star Trek. And, uh, Khan. From hell's heart, I stab at thee for hate's sake. I spit my last breath at thee. And he piled upon the whale's white helm a sum of all the rage and hate felt by his old race. If his chest had been a cannon would have shot his heart upon it. What? Bobby Dick. Ahab spent years hunting the white whale that crippled him. A quest for vengeance. But in the end, it destroyed him and his ship. We'll be back uh, next week to discuss uh, that. And I just want to say that if you're a Star Trek fan and you watch that and you haven't seen or written, read any of those classic literature, you, I think you might be inspired to do so. Uh, we'll be back on Everything Old is New again next week with uh, our Rogues Gallery star, uh, Dr. Richard Richter. Uh, and uh, David Cohen will be with us as, as well, I think, certainly from outer space as uh, he normally is. We'll be back on Everything Old is New again. All right, so we're back for a few moments here. Uh, Richard, you wanted to say something about the uh, those, those clips which we had to kind of, uh, you know, cut our time short. Um. Uh, Douglas, no, the clips were inspiring. I think that's one of the things that makes Star Trek uh, the phenomena it was that we've gotten away from that formula. Those are classic And that's scenes. my point. That's my point. I don't dislike this fellow, Brian Fuller, and I don't dislike the presentation that is the company line now whenever you hear them talk about Star Trek, about the hope and we're all going to work together in the future. That's great. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't want to come up by saying I don't like that. I love that. But to me, that's a given. So that's not really should be the focus. I don't want to see stories about people trying to get along and being happy that they're all together and kumbaya. I want to see interpersonal relationships that that spark this kind of philosophical discussion and or landing on planets that have totally different kinds of sociological elements and say, wait, is it better to do to live like this or not? Is there an analogy between this and the world we live in now? I Agreed. Yeah, I mean, you don't know that they're going to definitely go down that path. I don't. Right? I don't. I'm just trying to influence them. And everything old is new again. Yeah. We'll be back next week. <laughs> <laughs>